All right, good evening. How are you? Tired? You know what? I was at a spelling bee the other day, and I was asked to spell the word Armageddon. I had a lot of trouble spelling it. And the teacher told me, don't worry, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started. We will open up in a word of prayer, and then we will sing uh, together. And a merry heart does good like a medicine, as the scripture says. So hopefully you're ready to praise God together, share some requests, and uh, just have a great time as the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for our church family. We thank you that we can get together and pray, praise, and just give you the adoration and honor that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing Wonderful, Merciful Savior. He is our precious Redeemer and our friend. Wonderful, Merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Oh, our hearts. 
seated and uh, that's what we're going to do we're going to come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in time of need as the bible says and uh you know the picture right because we literally can't come before a physical throne right now but jesus christ has provided that access through his sacrificial death on the cross and we are believer priest we are a just when you think about that, the, the high priest and his job, and, you know, if you're reading through the Bible in a year, sometimes you may find yourself in Exodus or Leviticus this time of year, and just the different requirements for, you know, accident, sins of commission, sins of omission, just very interesting. But no longer do we have to do that. We can find forgiveness in Jesus Christ through our salvation and then daily by, you know, confessing our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. What an amazing song. I just love that song so much. All right. A praise tonight. Who has a praise they would like to share? We'll have some time for some prayer requests as well. We did get some good uh, blood work back from Rebecca's uh, appointments last week. We know we had to miss last week and there were some concerns about a a possible blood clot in Rebecca's lungs and just all the different things that go along with Lyme and that this and that. So um, good results there. And the, I guess uh, the D-dimer or whatever the, the metric is on blood work to see if there's additional things needing to happen came back favorable. So we just praise God for that. And we'd ask you for your continued prayers, but uh, we just really praise God on that. Is there anyone else with the praise tonight? Yes, Cheryl? Dave is coming down. I have increased Dave's uh, per diem, um, so he is, he's a happy microphone employee. Um, well, I had major surgery done, and um, they were able to take care of everything that they needed to do. Great. And they told me that I was going to be exhausted for two weeks, so I got ready to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but God was so good to me. He just... Gave me a wonderful recovery. I wasn't tired all the time. I had to make myself lay down and rest because mm. I knew that's what they wanted me to do. So I just want to praise the Lord for just um, really um, helping me through that whole time. Yes. The surgery was a little scary for me because of the sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. But um, I talked to the anesthesiologist afterwards, and they said that there was no problems at all. Great. So I'll praise and the Lord for that. that's what we prayed for, you know, some weeks ago. So it's great to see you back. Thank and we'll continue you. to pray for your recovery. Who else with the praise tonight? I see Anisha in the back there. And we'll come back to you. Is there someone? Or Anisha will come to Dave. Poor Dave. I wonder what his pedometer says after a Wednesday night. Lots of steps. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord, everybody. Um, you know, so... January typically is the month when the entire Barry family is down. And we really thought we were going to uh, get out of January without anybody being sick, but everybody got sick and it started with me and I had an upper respiratory infection and the kids had colds and they had like a 24 hour turnaround time, but Stefan and I were really sick. Well, 
with Stefan, um, he, for our urgent care needs, we always go on post at Andrews um, for our care. And they always prescribe the same um, <laughs> cocktail of medications if for upper, upper respiratory. They give you the prescription grade Sudafed, the, uh, the nasal sprays, they give you ibuprofen for pain. That's like what the military does. You know, everything is ibuprofen. I remember I had gone into the doctor's office when Stefan was active duty for a foot issue. And then I left, and before I left, and the lady was like, hey, do you need some ibuprofen? I'm just like, what's up with y'all? Okay. 800 milligrams. Like, exactly. So anyway, I digress. Um, so this was Stefan's first time taking the prescription grade Sudafed. Well, he came, he took it early that, that day after he left the urgent care, came home, and he, I just noticed he was sweating profusely. And I'm just like, babe, what's going on with you? So we, we, all, we sat down, we had lunch together. Uh, when I got up, I heard um, to bring our dishes back to the kitchen. Um, he started coughing very violently, and I came back, I said, are you all right? And he started clutching his arm, and he said, my, my, my arm is in pain, and it was his left arm. Immediately, I called 911 and told him, I'm like, uh, I told him, I said, my husband is expressing uh, all the telltale signs of a heart attack. So the paramedics came out, I'm gonna wrap this up soon. Um, the paramedics came out and they did the EKG on him. There was no signs of, of a heart attack, but they encouraged us to go back to urgent care. So we went back to urgent care and they ran the test on him and everything and, and he was fine. They did a CT scan and while they didn't find any blood clots or anything else that could potentially um, trigger a heart attack, they did find some other concerning issues. So he followed, he had to follow up with his doctor. So he's currently on blood thinners just to kind of, you know, you know, as preventative measures. And then the thing with the Sudafed, uh, we learned that it was that that kind of triggered that response. And basically, the active ingredient in that type of Sudafed is the same ingredient that is used in, um, in crystal meth. Hmm, so, yeah, right, go figure, you know? So, so that, you know, it doesn't happen to a lot of people. Like, I don't have those effects when I use that type of Sudafed that they prescribe, but it certainly happened to him. But, but he's doing much better, and, you know, everybody is fully recovered, where everyone's, you know, Stefan and I are back to work. And, and I just want to give God the praise for that because, you know, it, it just it, it it just reminds me that you know these bodies are very fragile. Miss Cheryl, you just got finished talking about how you just came out of major surgery, and praise the Lord, you know you are here. Um, we had to take such better care of ourselves, you know, and it's just we're just mindful. Stefan is only forty one years old; he's he's still young, you know. So it is, so we're we're very thankful for every day that we have, and, and thankful for you know that it's nothing much uh, much more severe. Amen. Yes. yes, thank you. Praise God for that. And continued prayers for Stefan as he's getting healthy. Who else with the praise tonight? Troy? And then Kevin, I saw your hand. We'll go right to Kevin after that. Actually, I've got two. Um, You're allowed to. The fir first one is... I'm coming up on the 20th anniversary of being diagnosed with the IGA nephropathy. Uh, praise with that is everything's stable. Great. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the praise with that. The other praise is we had a video meeting with an administrative law judge with the state of Maryland because Mer 
um, Maryland MVA was trying to suspend Noah's license because of the three accidents and the two tickets. Well, the, the judge ruled in our favor and issued Noah a reprimand, telling him to be more careful. So we, we dodged a bullet and he gets to keep his license. Praise God for that. I know that's a big answer to prayer with you know, getting you to the bus in the mornings and just out and about around town when Michaela's at college. So we just praise God for that. What a great praise. Kevin? Thank you. Um, so um, I just wanted to give God some praise this evening. Uh, Pam and I were talking about it on the way over, but um, I, I still struggle sometimes with depression and, and I, I sometimes struggle with um, confidence. I know we shouldn't be confident in ourselves, um, but I still struggle with pride, but sometimes also the opposite. And Monday was a, a really rough day. I, I, I've been teaching, as you can tell, the, the funny outfit. I thought um, you were just teaching fancy te for Wednesday night. <laughs> uh, you had to change the oil in the car. Oh, but anyway, um, I, I was teaching Monday and got done with, that was the last lesson and I got done and I spent 15 minutes as we were cleaning up the classroom just second guessing myself. Just, you know, it was just, it was, it was rough and the drive home was really rough. And, and I just lifted it up to God and I just said, Lord, you know, please help me through this. Um, because I, you know, on the one hand, I'm always worried that I'm going to get too prideful. But on the other hand, the depression is almost physically painful mm. and um, got done with a lesson today. And one of my coworkers just came up and gave me a really nice compliment. And it was just like, okay, so I'm doing okay. I'm on the right track. Thank you, Lord, for that. So I just wanted to kind of lift that one up because it, it, um, it, it's not so much the pat on the back, but it's just kind of like God is saying, no, you're doing okay. And, uh, and, it, and it, was, it was nice to get. It Great. really was. Well, um, thanks for sharing that. Yep. It's always nice when we get some confirmations that, that we're kind of Definitely. doing the right thing. Anyone else with the praise? If not, we'll uh, let's go to our next song. And uh, my list is housed on my phone, and it has escaped me, but we will sing our next song here, which is With All My Heart, I Want to Love You, Lord, and then we'll share some prayer requests after this song. <laughs> with all my heart, I want to love you, Lord, and live my yours completely I'll serve you only with all my heart let's sing it again together with all my heart I want to love you Lord and live my life each day to know you more all that is in me is yours completely I'll serve you only with all my heart. May that be our prayer. I know that hasn't always been my prayer. You know, I'll serve you, God, as long as my budget can allow it, you know. Or I'll serve you, God, as long as you're providing for me. That's not exactly how it works, right? We draw nigh to him, and he draws nigh to us. Who's first with a prayer request? Praise time is certainly not over, but, you know, I like to kind of start off. Kevin, Kevin's talking about teaching and meetings and everything. Sometimes you got to break the ice a little bit and have a, a group praise session 
to get everybody awoken or awake, awaken, awaken, something like that. I actually taught grammar. I didn't even say it correctly, so go figure. Anybody with a prayer request? All right, Stephen, I see you, and then we'll come down to the front uh, to Linda. All right, prayer, a praise and a prayer request. Uh, prayer request first, just pray for my wife. She wasn't feeling good today. It's not like falling sick, but she's just been feeling cold today, and that's why she stayed home tonight. And uh, I was able to leave work after lunch and kind of watch the kids so she could sleep a little bit. So just pray for her. And then the praise slash prayer request is um, Saturday and Monday went out again. Both went really well. Um, uh, I was at Walmart on Saturday with Linda, and it was just a great time out there. And um, good amount of tracks out. And then... Um, Monday, a really great time at the University of George Mason again. Got out about 150 tracks, I think, between me and David. And uh, it's just cool, once again, to hearing more conversations, and we were able to have more. And there was uh, one guy named um, Ahmad, and he was Muslim. There's a lot of Muslims there. And uh, um, I needed to do a, a, a lesson, like an encounter for my college class on engaging someone about the reliability of the Bible. And so it just worked out because he was walking by and then I wanted to get him attracted and he said, oh, I'm Muslim. And, then I, and I said what I always say to him. I was like, well, Jesus died for Muslims too. And so then that like piqued his interest to stop and chat. And so we chatted for a while and it actually was really productive because his first objection was, yeah, I just can't understand how God can have a son. Because in Islam, he's like, we don't believe that God has a son. And so I was explaining the Trinity to him and then... I was explaining to him the humanity of Christ and the deity of Christ at the same time. And then, but I was like trying to explain him Trinity and I was like, there's no way I could um, paint an accurate picture completely of the Trinity because it's just such a, a vast thing beyond us. Like I can't bring him down to my level essentially. And so I was like, could you, and I was like, could you sit here and paint a picture of Allah? And he was like, well, no. And I was like, well, then you can't expect me to do the same for Christianity. And I was like, is a God that's infinitely holy and separate. And so then I was able to throw a lot of my arguments in there. I've been learning in my class about the reliability of the New Testament, manuscripts, and things like that. And um, it was just really neat because I was able to give him the gospel at the same time. And it was cool because we had a very cordial conversation where it wasn't like aggressive. And then when we were chatting, I was getting excited at points, but that'd be like, I'm, I'm not trying to come off as like, I'm attacking you. And he'd be like, no, no, I understand. And at the end of it, he was like, you know, it's so cool that we're just engaging because it sounds like from what he's had in the past, he's had Christians that were just kind of more aggressive. Like, yeah, you little bozo kind of thing. And just really like parading him versus like us actually having a, an engagement where we're talking about the scriptures. And by the end of it, we shook hands and wished him well. And, we, and then just hearing from the rest of the group, a number of conversations and just encouraging, like I said, once again, these are people from like India, uh, Middle East countries that are not open to the gospel normally, that their their parents and relatives are sending them to America to, to get an education. And while they're getting good grades, they're also getting the gospel from us as well. So Amen. pray for them. We will certainly pray for them. And Ahmad specifically here in a minute, we'll come to Linda. I got in uh, to see my doctor. She called me. She wanted to do blood work. It's been since June. Mm. And I already got the results back. And, you know, I was a little bit nervous. I know I've not been good with my carb intake. So I went from 6.2 to 6.8. So it's raised. I knew it would be. It's Christmas. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Holidays. Do yeah. Christmas. And I live with a man that, that loves bread. Oh, he loves his bread. My guy, I could eat bread all day long. Yeah. 
So uh, the other thing, though, and I had to look it up. I didn't know what it was. It was low. It was, uh, I probably don't even know how to pronounce it. Crit, critnine? Critnine? Creatine? Yeah. It's low. Hmm. And usually it's high. Okay. And I looked it up, and they said, uh, yeah, um, I don't have enough muscles. <laughs> the only muscle I have is the one to lift a fork. Hey, um, it's really strong. We all have this, that strong. And they said muscle. the other indication, it could be, you know, something with my liver, uh, liver function or whatever. So I, I'm going to be seeing the doctor uh, March 27th, unless they get me in earlier. Um, but just, I ask you to pray about that, um, you know, I, I want to lose weight, um, I want to, you know, God gave me this body, he's given me my life, and, uh, you know, we have a responsibility to value what he gives us, Absolutely. and uh, be a good steward, and it's, it's our body is a temple of the Lord, and my temple's really big, so I would like it to be smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to be able to get out of my car without grunting, you know. And, uh, you know, Tim, Tim's in the same boat. We both have uh, type 2 diabetes. We both have high blood pressure. So we'll certainly, just, we'll certainly just concerned that, about that. Well, well, let's pray for that now. Father, we thank you for uh, the, the praise that Stephen shared, that the outreach and sharing the gospel is uh, just going well, on, both on Saturday and then it's really cool to hear about the GMU uh, conversations that he's having. We do lift up Ahmad specifically this week. We pray for his salvation, God. We know that your word has been given. Your word does not return void. The seed has been planted. And Stephen's, Stephen's uh, water, we know, God, ultimately you give uh, the increase, and we're just trusting you for Ahmad's salvation. Uh, we lift up Linda and Tim and Linda's request specifically about some of the, the levels on her blood, recent blood work, God, that those would go down. I know they desire to get healthier, so I pray that you just give them the, the patience, the endurance, and the, the fortitude to see that through. And God, as Linda mentioned, our bodies are the temple of, uh, the temple of God, and uh, you, have, you have created us, and we all go have different things that we like to do or not do, and God, it's, it's sometimes the busyness of life, God, but ultimately you desire us to be good stewards of our body, good stewards in every area of life, God, but specifically Linda mentioned that, so we pray that you would just allow her to see that through. We know um, you can give her uh, that desire, God, and we just pray ultimately that the upcoming doctor's appointment would provide some answers or just some favorable results that the levels have gone back to uh, normal. And God, we're just trusting you for that. We pray that you just give Linda and Tim wisdom as they kind of walk through uh, this here in the coming weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Who's next with a prayer request or praise? Yes, Miss Bobby. I'm, I'm almost sure you have probably have him on the list, but for little, I always call him little Joseph. Joseph Franklin. You have him on your list? He's not on the list, but I know many are keeping up, you know, keeping yeah. updated on Facebook. And is there an additional update? I just, I moved into a couple of Oh, okay. Okay, I see him. Now. Oh, you, okay. you okay. So we'll and pray for Joe. And also, my friend Peggy, um, I haven't talked to her for um, about a week or now, but pray that I think she, she sounds like she's getting adjusted to the... 
what, what you, wherever she's at, uh, senior. Uh, senior living? Yeah. Um, and this is a different Peggy or Peggy Griffin? Griffin. Okay. Yeah. And because uh, we, we were pretty close, but I, I do miss her. Mm -hmm. Any, anyway, and also for Betty Moody, she seems to be improving. Uh, that she would soon get home. We will pray for her as well. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Kevin, would you be able to pray uh, for those uh, requests? You know, many of our senior saints who can't come, you know, Peggy, Joe, Betty, uh, Moody, Betty Gardner, and then uh, Joe Dillon, and then specifically Joseph Franklin with the health challenges he's having. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this evening. We thank you, Father, for the, for the answered prayers, the, the chance to praise you, Lord, um, with our brothers and sisters. We just thank you, Lord, so much for this evening. And Lord, we, we lift to you the things that are on our hearts tonight. And we, uh, we start with uh, Joseph Franklin, Lord. We just lift him up to you. Um, pray for continued recovery for him, Lord. He, the, he has been through so much in his life, Father. And so we just lift him up to you and we pray, Father, that you just take him in your gentle hands and you continue to heal him. And, and also we lift up to you, Beth, Father. She's um, Right now she's not working. She's just living out of a hotel room in Miami as her son continues to recover. And, Father, we just pray that you'll meet all of her needs, Lord, and you'll give, um, give her some grace um, with her job so she doesn't lose her job since she's been away. Father, we just lift them up to you. We know, Father, that there's a purpose behind everything. And we know, Lord, that there is something that you're working here. And we just lift it up to you. We pray, Father, that you will give them some clarity. Help them to understand all of this, Lord. And just give them strength as they get through this. Lord, we thank you that uh, Peggy Griffin is feeling better. She's starting to adjust to life in um, an assisted living facility, Lord, it's, it's a challenge. It really is, Lord. It, it, it's hard for so many people to give up their homes, give up their freedom, and, and give up their, their personal lives to, to live in a, in a group setting like that, Father. So we just lift her up to you. We thank you, Lord, that she is feeling better. We do ask, Father, that you will continue to give her strength, spiritual strength, as she, uh, as she deals with these challenges, both her and Joe Dillon and all of our, our shut-ins, Father, it, it's so difficult, uh, Father. We just pray. Also, Lord, we pray that you'll be able, that someone will be able to get them here for the senior lunches and some of the other activities we do at the church, Father. It was so such a blessing to see Joe Dillon here on Tuesday. We just pray, Father, that someone can help some of these others get here for these luncheons. I think, Father, that um, that fellowship that they're missing out on will uh, will lift them up because we're, we're supposed to fellowship. That's the whole purpose to this church. And so, Father, we just lift them up to you. We ask, Father, that you give them strength and, and get them here to us next uh, the next time we get together and for any other um, gathering. Lord, we just thank you for them, and we thank you, Lord, for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our next song, Change My Heart, O God. This should be our prayer as we sing it together. May we be like Jesus. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. 
Oftentimes we get it backwards. It's, you know, God, we're the, we're the potter and God, you're the clay. And we try to mold him and put him in our box of what we feel God should do for us and how he is. But he is just so far past our human understanding. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, he has always been and always will be. And yes, there is a measure of faith, but God does exist. Before Abraham was, I am. So what a what a great, great scripture reference. And then, of course, you know, quoting what um, God told Moses, I believe, in Exodus 3. So just really, really amazing how scripture ties together. Who else with a prayer request or praise tonight? Anisha, last and final. <laughs> We'll get you the microphone. Is there someone else who would like to share a prayer request or praise after Anisha? We'll come right to you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Last time I'm going to talk, I promise. I'm getting them all out now because I haven't been to Wednesday night services in the past month, so I'm like playing catch up. Um, <clears throat> so I, long story short, I, you know, please pray for me with making a big decision about returning to school to complete my, my bachelor's degree. Um, there... <laughs> I, I, there's a fear of that there's a modicum of selfishness in there because with the associate's degree, I did what I said I was going to do, what, what the Lord has allowed for me to do, and that's, um, that's you know, go finish my two-year degree, get a job, and, you know, continue to support Stefan in his role as a provider and, and you know, and continue to serve my household as a homeschooler and everything, you know, so, you know, we're a household that's balancing two full-time jobs and homeschooling. It, it is a lot, but praise the Lord, I, I receive so much joy out of it. Um, but now I'm, I'm like, I think I have to face it. You know, I'm going to call it out as it is. I think I want more, and that's where the selfishness comes in at. Um, because as a person who holds a two-year accounting degree, I cannot be called an accountant, and I think I want to do more professionally. So... You know, so I, I just need some, I, I could use some prayer with that because I, I want to be held accountable and be reminded, you know, but, but also not get in God's way, you know, if this is the path that he has me go down, you know, and, and to be content because there's always a struggle with that. So that's it. We will certainly pray for that. Dave, would you, could you lift that up? Just wisdom for Anisha and schooling and then... Um, just wisdom for the family. And then Stefan, you know, we didn't pray for him earlier during Anisha's praise, but still kind of recovering, you know, from the, the January sickness. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Dear Lord, thank you uh, for uh, knowing everything uh, and uh, knowing um, our days and teach us to number our days. Uh, speaking of numbers, we pray for Anisha and her uh, hunger for, for fulfillment. And um, I just pray that you will direct her path, um, Lord, and in, in opening up uh, new avenues 
which she can uh, spread her wings and and really feel uh, kind of uh, more tested than she has been in the past. And um, with her uh, desire to do more uh, as far as schooling and uh, accounting and in that avenue. And uh, thank you for uh, giving us uh, the drive to uh, do our best, Lord. <laughs> Play on words, best. But um, Lord, also uh, for Stefan and his uh, physical health. And Lord, uh, <laughs> some medications seem okay on the box but not so much in the body. And uh, different people react to different um, uh, ingredients and medication. Um, and uh, thank you that he is doing better, uh, that the doctor did, they ran some tests and found some other things that were sideline items. But uh, Lord, uh, thank you for putting uh, doctors uh, in the way and having knowledge uh, to actually uh, help us. Um, and um, Lord, thank you so much for health and strength. And thank you for one day, the promise of heaven being perfect um, for all eternity and communing with you and everybody up there that we know and even people we don't know. It'll, it'll be a grand time, Lord. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we do want to pray for a few on our, um, our prayer sheet. And as a reminder, this, is on, this, this sheet is on the back table uh, at, at the center doors every Wednesday. So we want to be lifting up Stacy, And probably some of you have seen her Facebook update and driving mom or meeting halfway uh, with her sister and uh, a bit of a tough time, you know, in the car and traveling. So we just need to pray for Stacy. I know she shared a little bit, I guess we weren't here last week, week before last, uh, with some of the challenges with mom and uh, on her third antibiotic for uh, an infection. So we need to pray for her. Uh, and her mom's name is Donna. <clears throat> and then Murky uh, requests prayer for uh, laser surgery happening. Actually, it happened yesterday. Um, and it, did it go well? Or is that a wrong date? Okay. Last Tuesday. Okay. But we need to pray for uh, Murky. She has another one. Oh, she did have another one. Okay. So it was yesterday. So just continue to pray for her recovery. And uh, I'm sure we'll get an update from her soon. And then our the pastor and the church that we're supporting there in Trujillo, Peru, uh, Robert Marino's wife had a miscarriage. And I know pastor mentioned that. And praise God, we were able to, he was able to take care of that need. And, you know, $200 medically here in our country, you know, yeah, that's, that's $200. But really, most of us can come up with that or, as most Americans do, swipe the old credit card, right, and worry about it later. In other countries, not so, not so easy. So we just praise God for that provision, but we need to pray for, pray for them. And then uh, Susan has a uh, special unspoken request for wisdom. So all of us need wisdom in different situations, but we want to lift up this request uh, specifically. Pastor Christopher. 
He did. Yeah. Okay. And his and his car was declared totaled. So a lot to pray for for Milton. Bummer. Yeah. Well, let's pray for these. Milton Everett. God, we lift up Milton, and we know he's such an encouragement to us, and just you know, sharing his faith, his struggles, his praises. But we do lift him up specifically, and we thank you for protecting him from the accident or any serious injury. But we pray that the soreness would go away. Um, and God, we pray that you provide him a vehicle. Uh, but we do ultimately thank you for uh, protecting him. And so we pray that he'll be back with us very soon. We do lift up Stacy and the situation with her mom, Donna. We know it's very difficult. And uh, we just pray for just your grace and presence to overwhelm her in this situation. Thank you for just her desire to take care of mom. And we pray that the infection would go away, that this antibiotic would work. And we just pray for a calm for her mom. And I know sometimes her mind is not uh, always uh, right and in tune with what is happening. And it's, it's wearing on Stacy. So we just lift both of them up to you. And we pray that you would just alleviate some of the, the stress that's occurring for Stacy. And, and we, again, we just thank you for just that example of taking care of her mom. But we pray that you would answer these requests and we know you're able to do that. We thank you that Murky was able to get the surgery on her eyes, and I know we don't have a definitive update right now, God, but we just thank you that she was able to have those procedures, and we're just trusting you uh, for complete healing there, and I, I believe the concern was glaucoma, and I know that she was having to have this procedures done to maybe prevent that in the future, God, so we just lift up uh, her to you, and we're trusting you for complete healing as well, and then for Robert Marino's wife, who just had the miscarriage, this is always sad to hear of these situations, God. And um, we thank you for the opportunity to provide, most importantly, prayer support for them, financial support, and just ultimately seeing a, a, a Bible-believing church established to see others added to the kingdom of God. So we just lift them up. We know that the devil is going to want to try to get their minds off of uh, you during this situation and as he often does for us in marriages and familial relationships, God. So we just pray for them and we lift them up tonight. And God, we ask that you would just gird them up, strengthen them and support them. We also pray for Susan's request for wisdom, God. And we pray that whatever decision that she's needing to make, that you would just give her an incredible amount of peace about it. Relieve any anxiety she may be experiencing any stress about it, God, we just pray for wisdom for her, and we're trusting, God, that you would just give her clear direction and a clear answer. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right, we'll sing one more song together, and then we'll pray for some more on our list, specifically those in need of salvation. And, okay. Well, let's sing, You Are My All in All. You know, Rosie's kind of like a ninja sometimes. I never know when she disappears, but I know she's doing the kids' ministry, playing the piano. Man, so you are my strength <coughs> when I am weak. We'll sing an acapella, and I'll try to start in a low key for everybody. I know Rebecca will appreciate that. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, 
Lord, to give up I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. He's Jesus. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. He is Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Think about the cross as we sing this verse. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. All in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. You are Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Amen. Kind of like singing it a cappella. Kind of helps us focus on Jesus. You know, the shepherd in Psalm 23, back in biblical times, I don't know if they still do it, the shepherd would name every one of his sheep. And the sheep knew the shepherd's voice. And uh, isn't it just so interesting how in the New Testament the Bible equates us to to sheep, and Jesus knows our name. You know, there's that song, maybe you've heard it, He Knows My Name. He does know our name, and our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And just, whoa, it's just incredible, incredible. Sorry, I know uh, it's not my turn to preach Nathan Appers. I mean, Pastor Christopher is uh, preaching tonight, so. <laughs> well, let's pray for our salvation list. And, uh, yes, Cheryl, did you have one more? Let me, let me pass you the mic so others can hear. Um, I have a big decision that I've decided to make um, on a deadline this week, and um, I really do need some prayer. I really want to do what God wants me to do and be in his will. Um, sometimes that's very difficult. So if you could pray for me about that, please. Thank you. And we'll pray for that here. Uh, in a minute, and we can see our salvation list, and we won't read all the names, but maybe pick a name as we pray. Maybe just imagine a face with the name. I don't know. That kind of helps me sometimes. You know, I think about, you know, what draw, draws my eyes, and maybe because, you know, it's can maybe be more immediate because we don't know a lot of these folks. I know certainly some family members on here of those in this room, and Others needing to be saved, but all prisoners behind bars. You know, you think of that physical representation of being behind bars, maybe someone in solitary confinement. You know, I work with a couple guys, and they tell me, you know, you know, some serve five years, 20 years, the square footage of a jail cell, and yes, they have to do their, do their time, and, you know, they have to, you know, be accountable for their actions, but man... And you think about that from a spiritual perspective. Yes, that physical behind bars, that's, that's bad. But 
spiritually behind bars is even worse. Um, and Jesus has, he came to set the captives free. Um, but just think about you and your salvation. Um, and when Paul wrote to Philemon, he said, what? Put that on my account. And that's what Jesus did for us. He put our sin on his account and reconciled us back to God the Father. So let's go to prayer here before we hear uh, from Pastor Christopher and uh, the message. God, we lift up Cheryl's request for wisdom for a big decision she needs to make uh, this week. Many of us don't know the details, and God, it really doesn't matter to most of us, but it matters to Cheryl specifically, and it, it should matter to us in a way that we should be lifting up Cheryl um, continuously for the decision she needs to make and the wisdom uh, that she needs. You know, God, we are faced with all kinds of decisions, and there, as we've shared prayer requests here and there, prayer for wisdom, and we're just asking you to just clearly open the door for Cheryl in the decision or close the door completely in the decision, God. And so we just lift her up to you, and we just pray for clarity and a great amount of wisdom. God, we also lift up those on our salvation list. We see family members. We see friends. We see those who are halfway around the world of families who have been uh, persecuted and who have lost family members simply because their family member or they themselves are, are a Christian. And so we, we just lift them up. We pray for uh, just your Holy Spirit to impress on their hearts the need for salvation. The devil has blinded the minds of them that believe not. There's so many excuses. Humanism, the worship of self, is just such a popular belief these days because it feels immediate. And sometimes salvation is not exactly a mystical experience or necessarily an emotional experience for all. So sometimes it's hard to convey. Sometimes it's hard to maybe relate to God, but it's not our job to try to relate to people necessarily to convince them of a need for the Savior because, we, God, we know that only you can do the saving. We can uh, provide a, a, the message of the gospel, and we should be somewhat persuasive in our words, God, but help us to just have the tact, the courage when we need to, what to say, when to say it, how to convey the gospel, God. It's just it's easy for us who are saved to kind of just take a little bit of a backseat in sharing our faith. <coughs> Excuse me. And we know, God, that you command us to, to give the gospel to the world. So we pray, God, for boldness. And we just pray that you would give us an opportunity between now and next Wednesday, Lord willing, to share the gospel with someone. And specifically, God, someone on this list, perhaps, that we have access to. So we're, we're praying, God, and we know that you will for all to be saved. You died for all, and you gave your life for all, God. But we know that man does have a free will, and it is ultimately a choice between heaven or hell. So, God, we are praying with faith and expectation and confidence, God, that you will save these individuals that are on the list, and many more that aren't even on the list, God. Maybe there's a name that you've brought to our minds that we need to give the gospel to. Maybe it's a tract, a Bible, a conversation, 
whatever it may be, God, that we would obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit and give out the gospel. And again, we will just praise you for saving many, uh, all the names on this list, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And now we'll hear from Pastor Christopher. Good evening. Do you realize how radically everything changed the moment Jesus came to this planet some 2,000 years ago? Everything changed. He became a massive decision point. He made it so that you have to decide, what are you going to do with me? Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 9, verse 38. This is an interesting verse that you might have read in the past and wondered, what in the world does this mean? It seems confusing. It almost sounds unfair. I want to show you just how wonderful and fair this is. John chapter 9, verse 38. He has healed the blind man, the man that was born blind. The Pharisees witness this miracle, not directly, but they sure hear about it. The man's parents hear about it. The disciples ask, why was he born? born blind? Was it because of his sin or someone else's sin? And the truth is, it wasn't because of sin at all. He was born blind specifically so that God would get the glory through his healing. But then in this verse 39, it says, and Jesus said, for judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And you almost think, well, that just sounds horrible. Why would Jesus want anyone who already sees to be made blind? You have to remember he's talking about a spiritual blindness here as well as physical blindness. He comes to earth. He is the first and only, well, I shouldn't say only. He is the first to heal a man born blind. It's a miracle. So he makes this physically blind man see, but he also makes spiritually blind people see. Once they encounter Jesus and realize that he is who he says he is, they have to make a decision. Will I place my faith and trust in this man that he is my savior? And the moment they do that, what happens? They go from spiritual blindness to spiritual sight. And they can never go back again. He is the division between dark and light. He is light himself. He's come into the world, right? So he come, and, and who are these seeing people that might be made blind? Well, certainly the Pharisees fit into that category, don't they? They thought they saw it all. They thought they were the epitome of healthy, and they were spiritually blind, dark as all get out on the inside. And so they encountered Jesus, and instead of gaining true spiritual sight, they bounce up against him and are offended and leave their encounter spiritually blind, perhaps for eternity. We don't know how many of them repented before their death. But that's just one exchange. Now think of it on a global level. From Adam all the way to Jesus, a lot happened. And it was all speeding toward Jesus like a speeding freight train. And then he comes offering hope and light. And he is the one human that changed history more than any other. Because so many souls are changed because of him. So once he comes, now there's a future to be had, a future that we don't know how long it's going to last, right? We're still in it. And so we're speeding away from him, and Jesus has this amazing plan. I need to have people who I have discipled who are willing and ready to carry on the message, and that's, that's part of what we're doing. But think back longer ago. We have the 12 disciples. 
And then, praise God, we add Paul into that mix. And Paul's ministry is so significant for us because I'm not sure about you, but I'm not Jewish. And so Paul's ministry to the Gentiles really expands God's global mission to reach not just the Jews, but to reach everyone. What a loving God we have. And so back in January, I was with you and we were studying the book of 2 Timothy. We got all the way through verse 11 of chapter 3. I want to pick up where we left off because there's some great things happening here. So if you would turn your Bible to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Here we have Paul in prison for the second time. The first time he's in prison, he has some freedom, some comfort. He's not absolutely miserable. He can have visitors. He has a good reputation with those around him. But this time, it's very different. Paul is on the verge of death in some ways. He knows that his time is running out. And he needs to get an extremely important message to Timothy. Timothy, listen carefully. Watch out for false teachers Watch out for those who are in an apostate state because they are going to try to deceive you and the people that you are sent to minister to. So be on guard. That message is just as alive and powerful, powerful for us today because it's not hard to be deceived by some wind of doctrine that comes along. And if you're born again, it's not as if it's going to take your salvation, but what is it going to do? It's going to decrease your effectiveness It's going to add confusion to your life in a way that you certainly don't need, and God did not intend for you to be confused. That's not part of his message, is it? His message is not confusing. It is beautifully simple and infinitely profound. We will never, ever be able to wrap our heads fully around just how much he loves us. When I say never, I mean on earth. Never be able to wrap our heads around how much he loves us, about how much it really cost him to purchase our freedom, So he is warning Timothy of all these things, and he also wants Timothy to go to him in prison. Please come to me, Timothy. But in case you can't, now these words aren't there literally, but in case you can't, I am giving you this letter full of very important warnings. So verse 12, here he is in prison and he writes to Timothy, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I think If I'm not mistaken, Paul is a reliable source on this matter. (laughs) He's in prison. He's received beatings. He is miserable at this moment. And praise the Lord, he has an eternal perspective. Listen, Timothy, don't think it's strange if you suffer in some form or fashion for the name of Christ. All of us will experience persecution at various levels, various degrees, various frequencies. It's not a competition. How much persecution can you accumulate in this next year? But Paul is warning you that if people revile you, if people mock you, if people reject you, don't be surprised. Because everyone that's living godly in Christ Jesus shall. That word is powerful. It leaves no wiggle room. It's not a might. It's not a possibility. It's shall. Verse 13 says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. These are the people that he spent the first 11 verses describing, and they are a rough bunch. They're doing all kinds of deception, and they're leading people astray. So true believers get persecution, 
But these evil men that he's talking about, they get more and more evil in their deception. This increases the chances for persecution for the holy, doesn't it? As, as evil men get worse and worse, the chances for persecution, they go up and up. Imagine how much this has happened since Paul wrote these words. When he wrote them, only a certain amount of time had passed since Jesus' resurrection. But now we're 2,000 years away. And at some point in history, weren't the religious people sort of venerated? Looked favorably upon? You want to tell me that's happening these days? I don't think so. If you haven't been born again, you don't look on the faithful with admiration. You look on the faithful as though they are the worst of the worst, the lowest of the low, and I'll even say the dumbest of the dumb. Those poor Christians, they need that silly religion crutch to make it through life. So this is what we're talking about, the gap between darkness and light getting wider and wider. Oh man, their hearts were far from him back then, and they're getting far from him now. Verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast thou known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Have you ever heard someone tell you, we shouldn't be pressuring these young children let them grow up and then hear about Christ and then make a decision. That's absurdity. They need to be exposed to the truth from a very young age so that it has time to sink in, time to percolate, time for the Holy Spirit to do his work. We don't need to hold back and just say, oh, they'll figure it out eventually. Timothy is commended because he's been exposed to the truth for a long time. And you know, I love the fact that, oh, by the way, haven't you ever heard someone say, Oh, I've been a Christian since, I've, since I was born, right? You almost think that's what's going on here. No, no, no. It's not because it says, uh, And from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Just because he knew the Scriptures didn't mean he was saved, but they made him wise unto salvation. That's what happens when we share the scriptures with people. We are giving the opportunity for them to be made wise unto salvation. And our children need that opportunity. Oh boy. All the dark warnings that he's been given up until this point could sure cause concern and doubt about where you stand. But use the Bible is what he's saying here. Use the Bible, the one infallible proof, to examine yourself. Look at the scriptures. You will know if you're saved or not as you examine the scriptures. You can figure it out. The requirements for salvation are actually very clear, but they are, sometimes they feel just below the surface. Kind of the way Jesus shared parables. It was like everything was there if you really wanted to hear it, but if you weren't interested in hearing Jesus' truth, it was like, whoosh, I don't know what he's saying. You know, the scriptures are kind of like that. You need the Holy Spirit to help you really get it. Verse 16, let's further talk about these scriptures. It says, all scripture. Another one of those great words that leaves no doubt. Not some of the scriptures, not partial. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Profitable. Let that sink in. You could stop right there. It's profitable. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on and tells us what it's profitable for. It's profitable for doctrine, which just means teaching. 
It's profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, I want you to understand the difference between reproof and correction because you might initially think he's being repetitive, but he's not. Reproof is when you help someone see the error of their ways. You help someone see you've made a mistake here. You've gotten off course. But the next step is vital. That's where you help them get back on course. But it is a two-step process. Why correct someone if they don't believe they've made an error? So the scriptures can help do that. It's part of the discipleship process. Jesus did this all the time. He did it with Peter when Peter cut off the ear of the soldier. He did it with many of his followers. What about that instruction in righteousness? Sort of speaks for itself. It's not enough to know what not to do. We need to know what to do. And the Bible is replete. What's that word? Resplendent? No, replete. The Bible is replete with this type of information. Here's what to do. Heaven forbid we ever get caught up into thinking that the Bible is just one big don't do this book. It's not. The Bible is one big here's how to have life abundantly. And when it does tell you what not to do, it's so that you can have life abundantly. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. You guys want that? Do you want to be perfect honestly? Do you want to become more and more complete in him? I do. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know, if you're going to do good works in any such a way that's going to please the Father, you need to be thoroughly furnished. You need to be dressed with all of the characteristics that he wants you to put on. Spiritual armor, good works, the fruit of the Spirit. If you try to do good works without those things, you're not perfect. You're not complete. You're doing it in a half-ready way. Step back before you do anything good, quote-unquote good, and ask the Holy Spirit to be the one who does the work through you. Then it's good. Then you're thoroughly furnished for that good work. Now let's move on to chapter 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Side note, do you notice anything interesting about that verse? I sure did, and I've never seen it before. I bet many of you wiser than I have seen it. At his appearing and his kingdom. Some people want to say, no, there's really no support for a rapture in the Bible. It's just there's going to be a second coming, and it's all going to be over at that point. But you know what? At his appearing, rapture, and his kingdom. That's when he comes back seven years later and sets up his kingdom. He talks about these as two separate events. Now, if you don't agree, it's fine. But I think that's fascinating. And that's certainly what our church teaches. And I, I see it right there. Kind of cool. Now, verse 2 says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. You've got to be ready. Not just when you're preparing a, a lesson intentionally for your Sunday school class, for your life group, to preach at the pulpit. Be ready at every moment. You don't know who's going to cross your path who might need a special word of truth from God's word. Now, he's talking specifically to Timothy here because Timothy is called to be an evangelist. And an evangelist is always on. There is no one who is not meant to be ministered to. 
That's true for all of us. But all of us do have varying degrees of the spiritual gifts. Would you agree with that? Some of us are just high on the evangelism gifts. Some of us are high on the teaching gifts, and so on and so on. So Timothy is being charged, you got to be ready, boy. Be ready for when these opportunities come. Part of it is going to be, you need to be able to reprove. You need to be able to rebuke. You need to be able to exhort. You see that? Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. It's interesting to me that the verse that I just read to you ends with the phrase, with all long-suffering and doctrine. But I feel like that's almost the most important part of the verse. Reproving, very important. Rebuking, of course it's important. Exhorting, I love to be exhorted. However, you think about how you do it. It sure matters a lot. So much so that he makes it very clear by saying, with all long-suffering. That's not, that's not a weak phrase. That's not like, and don't forget to be patient while you do it. Moving on. No, you need to do these things with all long-suffering. Why? Because people are hurting. People are tempted to sin. And do you just want to go up to someone who's caught in a sin and say, you're a fool. Come on back to the right path. Stop sinning and follow the right way. Follow the right way. I mean, sure, that's one approach. It's, it's one approach, okay? And if that is your approach and the Spirit has said that should be your approach, then I'm not telling you you're wrong. But Paul says, do it with long-suffering and doctrine, not just with rage. I think that's important. It's important for all of us. We have a world around us that is ridiculously dark right now. And they don't need us to come at them screaming and yelling and telling them, you're burning in hell soon. It's going to be over. They need us to go to them with all long suffering, just like Jesus did for you. He had great patience as he called you to himself. And eventually you said, yes, I will surrender. You are the Lord. You are the master. And I want you to be on the throat of my heart. Everyone needs to make that decision, and we want them to, but rage doesn't usually motivate. Hmm, crazy. Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Have we reached that point? <laughs> but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. Have you ever been on social media, folks? Have you ever watched TikTok or Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts or YouTube in general? You can find a teacher to teach you anything you want. You want to believe this is true even though you've been told by scriptures and by your trusted pastor that this is not true? Well, if you really want to believe that, you can go find probably a hundred teachers on the internet who will establish you and say, yes, that is true. Those teachers must line up with the word of God. They must line up with the word of God, not only in their teaching, but in their spirit. If they're not dripping with the Holy Spirit, then what are they dripping with? I would propose to you that they are the very people that Paul has warned Timothy to avoid because they sound so good. They sound so good. Have you ever been deceived by one of these people on the internet? I'm going to raise my hand, not like in some massive way, but I've certainly been exposed to something that sounds really good. And I'm just like, 
I never thought of it that way. And I dig into it a little bit more, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is not sounding good anymore. And so then I'll go speak to pastor, or I'll consult the, the word, or I'll find a friend. And sure enough, here's where the error is. You know, and so it's just, it's fascinating. We are here. We are here in the history of humanity. We have itching ears, and we want to hear what we want to hear. Verse 4 says, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Fables. Jesus was just a great prophet. Fable. That's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. Jesus, oh, one of the greatest teachers ever. That's just a fable. Yes, he was. But he's so much more than that. The, the fables that we are exposed to are many. I'm not going to go ahead and list all of them because you know what I'm talking about. What do you do if you encounter someone who is deceived? Someone who is believing a fable? Well, verse 2 tells us, reprove them, rebuke them. How? With long-suffering. Just be patient. It's easy to be deceived. It really is. Everybody is susceptible to deception. Let's go on to the next verse. Verse 5. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. You were called to be an evangelist, Timothy. Make full proof of that. Let your whole life be consumed with your ministry. It says, watch thou in all things. Every part of you should line up with this. And as your entire life is proclaiming Christ, be ready to endure afflictions because people are going to notice. Do the work of an evangelist. Verse 6, for I am now ready to be offered. What a beautiful way of saying, my time on earth is coming to an end. I am going to be a martyr soon. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You might be tempted to hear pride there, but I don't think so. I don't think so. He's nearing the end of his life. He's making a statement. And even though it doesn't say it literally, I, I believe these words are full of the intention of, I have fought a good fight in the Spirit. I have been empowered by Jesus to finish my course. I have kept the faith. You know, faith in what? Faith in Christ as his strength, as his source of power. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, Jesus himself he's talking about, is going to give him. When? At that day. Which day? The day when he meets him, the day of his martyrdom, when his time comes to a close. And not to me only, but to all them also that love is appearing. Do you want to just get chills with me for a second? He's talking to us. All of us who love his appearing, which means we're excited to see Jesus again. We're excited to have him appear and take us home with him. We're going to receive a crown. Sometimes you might think, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't live my life in such a way to get rewards. You absolutely should. You should live your life in such a way that you get spiritual rewards. Those are the right kind of rewards to seek after. The kind of rewards that we shouldn't seek after are all the kinds where moth and rust destroy. All those things are temporary. They don't last. But anything we do for Christ in his power will last. Oh, such good stuff. Okay, 
Paul knows his time is running out. Absolutely, so do I. My time is running out. We're not going to finish it, but that's okay. So we can receive a crown just like Paul. And Paul encourages Timothy and us to love his appearing. Have you heard pastors say before, there's a difference between loving his appearing versus loving your disappearing? Those are very two, two very different concepts. One is about just, I want to be done with all this suffering and pain. That's not loving his appearing. Loving his appearing is because you love him and you can't wait to be reunited with him. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the what? Didn't he say he's about to die? Why is he talking about ministry? Because he's going to be faithful to the end, just like all of us should be. I don't care how many years are on your particular body. Remain faithful until the end. He's involved in ministry even when he knows his time is running short. What an admirable thing. What a, what a testimony to us. What an inspiration. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. Oh, notice how Paul sends out servants to different areas. This one I sent here. This one I sent here. Demas hath forsaken me. That's going to happen. Not everyone who you are shoulder to shoulder with now is going to remain faithful to the end. Some of them are putting on a show, and we can't always tell them apart completely, and it's not our job to go around putting stickers on people's head. You're not really a Christian. Oh, but you are. Great. I give you a gold star. But Demas, he's not. What's the point here? Paul directs these people to go to certain areas, and they do what? They go. And they get involved in ministry. If pastor were to say to you, I really need you to go down to Alabama this summer and help put in some electrical at the, uh, at the seminary that Brother Walton is building, would you take that request seriously? Because the people that were following Paul, that were Paul's disciples, they took it seriously enough to go out when he said go. That's a, that's a challenge for us, isn't it? We value our freedom. We value our independence. But these people are so surrendered. Oh, let's see if there's anything I want to read before we close. Yes, let's go to 17. Let's end with 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. No matter what happened to Paul, the Lord was with him. And strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. He had intense commitment to the mission, just like we should have. Paul was called to the Gentiles, and he knew that without a doubt. Who are you called to? Is there a certain ethnicity, a certain people group, a certain social class? If God has not called you to a specific niche of society, then guess who your mission field is? Every human being that you come in contact with. In some form or fashion, you can share the truth with everyone. But Paul, he had his mission so clear. Let us be on mission. Just like Paul wants Timothy to be passionately on fire for doing exactly what God called him to do, I know the Lord wants us to do the same.
Our mission is great. It is vital that the word continue to spread. The word doesn't make it to people by accident. It makes it to people when some Christian intentionally opens their mouth or places a tract or gives them a Bible. It's not an accident. Someone told you we should tell others. Let's pray. Father, your word is powerful beyond our comprehension. How can it be this alive in 2024? Wow, we can't study any other book written by man and get this kind of ripe, eternal, living information. But you, God, surpass all human writers. You are powerful beyond our comprehension. You are good beyond our comprehension. And you deserve all the glory for it, Father. Use us in these last days to do exactly what you called us to do, to preach, to teach, to disciple, and also help us to avoid false teachers. Help us to never fall victim to false doctrines that may come at us from various angles. We commit our lives to you. Our minds are yours. Our bodies are yours, God. Use us in the coming week for your glory. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful week. If you haven't signed up for the retreat, we've got a spot for you. (laughs) I would really love to have you there.